0: That that is your desire, that your Holy Spirit should lead us on, making real to us your love. The power of that love lifts us up, the power of that love propels us on. Thank you Lord, you speak out of your word, you speak by your spirit and your people are transformed. They're given new life, new strength to serve you. Lord, I pray this for all of us as we come to this third session. Have your way among us. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Praise God for our music team leading us into God's presence. Uh, such a expectancy building up about what the Lord... for us uh, this weekend and um, I thought I may begin by sharing something which came to me while we were worshipping and I trust that you are also experiencing God speaking as we worship so I believe God has a word uh, for Some of us here who come to this conference, to this time, are experiencing being a failure. And uh, perhaps God is uh, ministering to you even now as you come to this conference and lifting your eyes. So uh, Peter, Simon Peter in the New Testament, is perhaps the example of someone who had failed, but God restored him and reinstated him. There's someone else in the Old Testament that represents those of us who feel we have failed, we are a failure, uh, we've lost it. And Satan accuses us of failing. And that person is Joshua, the high priest, so I read these words, I release these words, trusting God is speaking, God is letting you know. He knows where you are, but he has good purposes for you. So Zechariah chapter 3, reading from verse 1, Then he showed me Joshua the high priest, standing before the angel of the Lord and Satan standing at his right hand to accuse him. So perhaps you can identify with that. Joshua the high priest represents all of us, and in this case, even the nation, for having failed God. Verse 2, the Lord rebukes Satan. The Lord who has chosen Jerusalem rebuke you. Is not this a brand or a branch plucked from the fire? and God has saved you from the fires of destruction. Now Joshua was standing before the angel clothed with filthy garments, and the angel said to those who were standing before him, remove the filthy garments from him, and to him he said, Behold, I have taken your iniquity. Iniquity is your twistedness, your defilement. I have taken your iniquity away from you, and I will clothe you with pure vestments." And I said, let them put a clean turban on his head. So they put a clean turban on his head and clothed him with garments. And the angel of the Lord was standing by. I pray uh, this will be God's gift to you if you find that that's you, like Joshua the high priest experiencing a sense of failure, experiencing a sense of uncleanness, unworthiness, but God puts a cloth of righteousness, a garment of righteousness, and that's so typical of what he does in Christ. We put on Christ's righteousness in a clean turban, you know, to fulfill the ministry of a high priest, holy unto the Lord. So may that be, A blessing to you Uh, that is actually going to be part of our final session my dear friends uh, this afternoon so I I will take you through the third session but I thought I should let you know early on that uh, after the question and answer it'll be briefer the time for it Uh, we will enter a time of worship Uh, just thank God for our music team just helping us to enter God's presence. But as we do, I want to invite you to already begin to hear what the Holy Spirit is saying. And therefore, we will have a time, and have asked Pastor Darren to lead us in that time where you are sharing what God is putting in your heart. It's so vital for me to communicate to you that the life in the Spirit is a uh, Every member ministry life It's a body life, you know. Different ones have different gifts and maybe even different um, offices, you know. So God gives to his church uh, apostles, prophets, pastor teachers, evangelists, and so forth. But the life in the spirit is body life. And as we come together, one has a song, one has a word, one has... um, Uh, a message from God so uh, that's what we're going to do uh, as we come uh, to this third session so please as you are listening you know God enables us to do a double listening we are listening to the speaker or to the person but in our heart we're also hearing the Holy Spirit and that's a tremendous tremendous enablement uh, from the Spirit uh, so I thought I would uh, share that with you. and We continue to be in this uh, sacred space, uh, be still for the presence of the Lord. It's moving, and He's moving, well, in more than one place because there in your home. Uh, just uh, trust God is going to fill that space with His glory. Uh, we come then now to uh, session three which is on the continuous filling of the spirit, the continuous filling of the spirit. So let me just recap. I spent session two on the unmistakable filling of the spirit, referring there to a specific experience of being filled with the spirit. And in that session, I was emphasizing that spirit filling brings the believer into a direct experience of God in Christ that leads to and I give you a four prong when you're filled with the spirit you can expect that you begin a journey which has four prongs to it first it profoundly renews the inner person you experience the, the reality and intimacy with God Then it ushers you into the realm of the supernatural, the gifts of the Spirit. And then it empowers you to be a witness full of passion, love, courage for Jesus Christ. And then it increases the fruit of the Spirit in your character and conduct. So that specific experience leads to this. Spirit filling is the work of God's grace wanted to emphasize that it's by grace and Jesus is the one who fills you with the Spirit and the promise of the Spirit is the provision of power for new life in Christ and it's for all believers so I believe God the Lord of the church is pouring out his spirit in a fresh way upon the church in these difficult times and therefore I'm inviting you in the name of the Lord Open your lives. Come as you are. Open your lives to the powerful wind and life-giving breath of the Holy Spirit. So the specific experienced reality of being filled with the Spirit. But now I move on to how to be continuously filled with the Holy Spirit. Because it's clear the Bible describes for us times, particularly in the book of Acts, when the apostles and the early church are filled with the Spirit and go forth, they praise God for all that he has done, and they go forth to proclaim Jesus with signs and wonders and with the quality of their life. But now we come to a passage which reminds us that we're not just filled with the Spirit in a a specific uh, experience. What happens after that? What happens after you have experienced this, you know, invasion of your soul by the brightness and the love of Almighty God? What happens after you begin to be attentive? You're in the realm of the supernatural. You begin to receive words and have visions, dreams, and so forth. What happens after that? Well, Ephesians 5 tells us that we are to be continuously filled with the Holy Spirit. So, my dear friends, would you have your scriptures open now? Ephesians chapter 5, and I'm reading from verse 15 to 21. Ephesians chapter 5, verses 15 to 21. The Apostle Paul writes, Look carefully then how you walk, not as unwise, but as wise, making the best use of the time, because the days are Evil. You remember, I was telling you about we are living in the already, not yet. So there's still this battle, this contest with evil, making the best use of the time because the days are evil. Therefore, do not be foolish, but understand what the will of the Lord is. And do not get drunk with wine, for that is debauchery, but be filled with the Spirit addressing one another in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing and making melody to the Lord with your heart, giving thanks always and for everything to God the Father in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ, submitting to one another out of reverence for Christ. So you have the whole picture of this spirit-filled life. And I draw your attention to this text, my friends, because it's a rich word. So when, when uh, we have the command, the command is be filled. And the tense is be constantly, be continuously. It's a moment. Go on being filled. That's the command. Be continuously filled with the Holy Spirit. And that's what uh, this session is about. So let me take you into this passage a little bit. So he's writing to believers, you and me. He knows that we are living in the already not yet and the world has its own tugs and our flesh is still there. He says then look carefully then how you walk not as unwise but as wise making the best use of the time. In other words not drifting through life in a general foolish callous way not drifting but awake alert relying on Christ the Messiah to shine his light on you. Because he knows that there are corridors of darkness. There are slipstreams. I learned uh, that, you know, Niagara Falls on the Canadian side, uh, people have died because they've fallen into the waterfall at Niagara. But what I learned is uh, there are more deaths in Niagara that result from people being pulled in upstream. In other words, they didn't come to the edge of Niagara and then fall in. They got pulled in upstream, you see. So it's a warning for us, and Paul is conveying that. You you want to live the spiritual life? Beware of the temptations of the enemy. Don't allow small corners where you cherish sin. Uh, Let the light of Christ flood everything. Don't keep any dark corners. Don't be double-minded. Are you with me, friends? Because in the Niagara upstream, people enter the pool, and it doesn't look dangerous at all. But the current pulls you in, you see, upstream. And then you actually crash into the mighty waters of the Niagara. So he's saying, uh, don't drift in life in a foolish and callous ways. Be, uh, walk in the Messiah's light, taking each day, as a gift from God to be used for his glory. So I want to introduce you. Don't live life as episodes. Live life in such a way that there is a trajectory. There is a path. And moment by moment, day by day, you're living in the light, and you're growing in Christ. It's a very different approach to life. The enemy tells us, oh, no, 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 you know, life is just chapter one, chapter two, it's, you know, just kind of different a series of experiences. But the life of the Spirit gives a unified whole. And we're living and we're being transformed. 2 Corinthians 3 says, Beholding the Lord, we are being changed into his glory from one degree to another. So wonderful. So I just want to let you know the Spirit comes and that's why we want to be continuously filled because we can live a very checkered. But the Lord is bringing something new And it's by the power of his spirit. And then he says, do not get drunk with wine. Because that's the culture of the day. Uh, You can get it from the marketplace and you can be drunk with wine. You've started the Christian life, but your days are loose and without purpose and without being a blessing in the name of the Lord. So don't get drunk with wine. That is debauchery. Debauchery is self-indulgence. So that's this contest, you see. (laughs) <laughs> Suddenly you decide. Like, oh, I think enough. I, I want to satisfy my own appetites. And then you lose your way. But be filled with the Spirit. Be filled with the Spirit. Let the Spirit fill your hearts and lives. That's what this session is about. How can we let the Holy Spirit fill us more and more? Fill your hearts and lives, and especially your mind and your imagination so don't be idle and so forth you know yeah take precautions when you know things tempt you stay out of temptation yeah so yeah so that the spirit can fill your heart and mind and use all the rich resources of songs and hymns and psalms to help you so when i uh, wake up in the morning I try very, my best daily just to sit and to say thank you, Lord, for the day. Lord, I can only please you if your spirit fills me. And I thank you for Jesus. And I begin then to start the day with a brief conversation with the Lord. And then I have some playlists on my handphone. And I use them. So I, this is how I apply this, you see addressing one another in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, using all the resources that you have. So our midweek cell group, our Sunday or Saturday worship, we come back and we are drinking again from the Spirit. Now the church in Ephesus, I thought I should let you know, the church in Ephesus uh, has a major battle going on because Ephesus is a major center of the Mediterranean world. It's an international city, if you like. And it's at the hub of the trade routes. It's it's a place of culture, uh, but it's also a place of economy, uh, money, business dealings. And it's a place also of politics and military might. And it's a place of temples, right? So it's going to be a place, it's at the hub it's a world hub. And there, efficient Christians must be filled with the Spirit. Are you with me, friends? And earlier on, I read Acts 19, right? Acts 19 about the seven, and how Paul made sure they experienced new life in Christ and the fullness of the Spirit, because we need the fresh outpouring of the Spirit. We can't go into the world and make an impact with a second hand experience of the Spirit. It can't be something you just hear about or you're living off the past. It's got to be fresh and and, and real, because you need the fullness of the Spirit's power when you're faced with the powers of the world. And I want you to know this, my, my dear brothers and sisters, that there is a rebellion in the world, so I'm using the world as the world organized in opposition to God. And we must understand this, you see. And Satan wants to bring us down. So as much as I want to let you know how much the light and joy of the Holy Spirit fills us, God is arming us to overcome the darkness that is in the world and to overcome the hostility. So having uh, shared that, how then can we continuously Be filled with the Spirit. Three things to pass on to you. How to continue being filled. We handled in session two, there's a distinct experience. And you enter life in the Spirit. It's a new life. How do you nurture it? How can you be continually filled with the Spirit? First, guard your devotional life with Christ. Guard it, beloved. One of my favorite songs is Within the Veil, I Now Would Come. So I want to say to us, we need to find the place of adoration on a daily basis, the place where we can be still and adore Jesus. Um, We want the prayer and the spiritual disciplines that are needed because spirit filling, the experience, launches you into intimacy with God. And this intimacy with God is something to be nourished. To be, uh, uh, for you to grow in. It's not automatic. Uh, we come in and we worship him and we meet him face to face. You know, that's the wonder of the new covenant. Unlike Moses, there's no veil. By the mercy of God, we speak to him also face to face in the new covenant. So make time to be in the Holy of Holies through prayer and adoration. I give you the references there. I pray tonight and tomorrow you can have time to look at these references. Keep regular times of fasting and journaling because God wants to meet you there. The, 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 those who have really grown in the life of the Spirit, they tell us they're not ready for the world until they've met with God. Thing it's true for all of us. So, if I may give a practical way to apply this, whatever your wake up time, perhaps after this conference, you can wake up half an hour earlier just to be with God. Whatever your wake up time, I realize. Some of us, Saturday we wake up later and so forth. But whatever your wake-up time that you have, can I invite you, and I want to invite you by using scripture, Isaiah 50, Isaiah 50 verse 4. Isaiah 50 verse 4 says, The Lord God has given me the tongue of those who are taught, that I may know how to sustain with a word him who is weary. Morning by morning, he awakens, he awakens my ear to hear as those who are taught. I pray this blessing on you. It's not easy. Sometimes we lose the momentum. But come back. God is very good with L-plate learners. We are, right, actually, through life. We are always L-plate. But uh, He helps us, and we're growing. So, how to be continuously filled with the Holy Spirit? Guard your devotional life. Have regular times of fasting and journaling. So, you need to find a way. Most of us nowadays use our laptops or phones. I use a little exercise book to journal, because I know my memory is short, and I know the battle is fierce, and I need to to hold on to the word of God and what he's given. So may God in this conference just help you. Start, start, what shall I say, um, start at, uh, in a simple way. Uh, but as, as the Lord enables you, then go deeper. Don't set too high a target, but the, the step, the immediate step. And so just to recover for some of us, Quiet time, perhaps, is so patchy. And we just need to give God the first fruits of the day and give him a sacred space. So I talk also in the notes about developing the rhythms of grace by which the Lord will replenish you by his spirit. So daily quiet time. Then weekly extended time. Now for young parents, it's going to be very, very hard. Um, so please don't, uh, yeah, yeah, don't don't feel, what shall I say, that you can't even, yeah, that this is not for you. Just see how you can find a little extra time each week, unhurried time, you see. Because most of us, life in Singapore, we're shuffling all the time. But uh, Samuel said to Saul, stay here a while until I give you the word of the Lord. And I think many of us, we don't pause, we don't stay a while until we receive the word. So when I was working in Housing and Development Board, and active in All Saints Church, at that time, if I'm not mistaken, All Saints Church had a Sunday afternoon service at that time. So with Housing and Development Board work, and it was a five and a half day week, I would often use Saturday evening for the extended time. Because Sunday morning, I still have time with the family and then Sunday evening to come to church. So what shall I say? It's doable, my friends. Whatever life cycle stage you're in, give God the first fruits. Give God the best. Not when you're half sleepy and so forth. Nah. Yeah, just because those who seek Him find Him. right? And the Spirit is putting it in us. And then I have annual quiet retreats. So again, not easy if you're in working life, and also depending on life cycle. But uh, times two or three days, uh, just to be alone. I used to go to the Saru. Uh, so it was not expensive, and uh, and uh, and spend time there. And sometimes, as I mentioned to you, I, went, I would go to Fraser's Hill for a slightly longer period. But yeah, just, just time to receive, because That life begins, spirit-filled life depends on your devotional life with Christ. Second, so your devotional life, right? Then keep receiving from the Spirit. Second, stay active in your communal life at church. And again, I want to emphasize the Spirit is given with you as a member of the body. Okay. as much as the Lord walks personally with us, he's always fitting us with the body. So we want to stay active. Perhaps at this conference, some of you will renew your commitment to the local church, to All Saints. Uh, It's not uncommon that sometimes we feel a little detached or maybe disillusioned. But as you come to this conference, by the grace of God, I pray you will connect with the communal life at All Saints. Be nourished in your spiritual condition by the local church, by her worship life. And so, um, well, God, no church is perfect. God in his mercy has kept good, good practices. And so I find that in our weekly service, I need the weekly time of confession. It's God's provision. We call this the means of grace. And I need the absolution, which is what the pastor says, Almighty God, who uh, forgives our sins, cleanses us, and grants us newness of life. And I need it. And I need it in worship. We're talking about how to be filled with the Spirit, so we've got to remove the clutter, you have got to remove the, the sin that can separate us. We can remove self-righteousness, right? So uh, so the weekly worship of the church, and of course I mentioned to you Holy Communion, and how you can drink of the spirit as you drink of the cup, and certainly the feeding of the word over the pulpit. So the, there's a, the whole life of the church, we need to plug in, friends, how to be filled. Plug in, plug in to the life of the church, her worship life, her discipleship processes. Plug in to her discipleship processes. The small groups, uh, cells, the one-on-one intentional. I, I'm just so blessed because I, I know that my nephew uh, is being mentored. And I know he values it and it's needed because we can deceive ourselves and think we are, we are not backsliding, we are not in danger, but actually we're being pulled away. And the accountability helps. Be involved in her life, in her fellowship as a serving and caring community. Now, in this communal life at church is where you are to exercise the gifts and graces. This is a phrase from a German theologian. The Holy Spirit gives us gifts and graces for ministry. Just to emphasize, you know, that all comes from the grace of God. Uh, All that we are, all that we have is from the Lord. So the gifts and graces, use them, in the life of the church. Practice your spiritual gifts. Again, not easy. But I believe then maybe God is building all saints up so that uh, our cell groups, uh, the leaders, can help to nurture this. Now, I have released a word or two while uh, while I'm here this morning. But I pray it becomes a practice. I pray it's not one off, you know, or some people, yeah, they come and they. I pray this becomes part of a spirit filled church uh, where people are waiting upon God and they know God's word is truth and life and, uh, and they, they share it. So if they share it in a cell group, then, okay, let me put it this way, huh? Mm, a church must be secure enough for us to learn to be taught. So afterwards, there will be liberty, you see. I am inviting you, as you worship the Lord, to hear from God. I'm trusting God to put authentic things in your heart and bring it to your mind. So some of you may receive a picture. Some of you may receive from scripture something you're prompted to read. I just want to say, don't don't add on to it. Just share what was given don't feel you have to make full sense out of it, right? So you just share what is given. Then the pastor, uh, the pastor then helps the church to discern it. So it's not a free for- all. Uh, the pastor still guards the flock because there can be false prophecies and there can be something released that is totally tangential to what was happening during the worship service. So God will uh, lead the pastor to know how to minister. Sometimes a word is given which needs further uh, contemplation. So the pastor will come and say, well, this word has been released, let's ponder over it. And he himself will do and we will see what God has through this word and uh, reflect on it next week. So it's not wrong to say, yeah, maybe it's not so clear. Uh, It's from God, you see. So we have to be careful about human manipulation. Uh, We are learning, we are learning, and then uh, we are releasing. So if uh, someone says, uh, by the Spirit, believe God is healing someone of uh, right knee, right knee pain. So it's very specific, right? Believe God. And so the pastor may find that maybe he's not going to stop the whole service. He's going to say, now if you are that someone, please speak to me after the service. Because we want to confirm it. Are you with me, friends? Uh, we, we want to authenticate it. Uh, and so forth. And the person who releases it also doesn't feel on the spot. You just release what God has given you and trust the body to discern it. Are you with me, friends? Yeah. So, but we must practice. So, you're asking, well, the question I'm, we are asking is, how can I continue to be filled? The way is to exercise the gifts. And pastors and, and staff and cell leaders, we want to nurture them in the life of the Spirit. And we mustn't be threatened and say, oh, this is all chaotic, you know? Yeah, uh, with the help of scripture. And with the faithfulness of god so we encourage and coach the others and then i thought i should say every church and i know all saints too has a life of evangelism and mission so to to continue to be filled in the spirit and to grow as a spirit-filled person be involved in the mission and evangelistic work of your church. Sometimes you might find, oh, it's just too slow. It's not, maybe for you, you're thinking, mm, not, no real heart in this evangelism work of All Saints English or mission work. But I want to say to you, friends, mm. God brought you here. I learned from a fine older brother, you cannot leave suka suka. You know the phrase, right? your own choice. You feel, oh, no, no, this place not really developing me. No, no, that's not the way. You need license to leave. You can't just up and go. You must always ask God. We're talking about the spirit-filled life, right? So to stay and to be renewed and to be filled with the spirit continuously, you are subject to one another. That's how the Ephesians passage, right? be submissive, submit to one another out of love for Christ and for his body. Is that okay, friends? So if you find that it's not where you want it to be, but you can be a blessing, that's what I wanted to say. Uh, don't evaluate it and say, oh, yeah." you have a genuine calling, maybe, and but the church is so slow, but persevere because she's the church God has given you. So Guard your devotional life, stay active in your communal life. Now most importantly, walk in the light of Christ. Section 4, walk in the light of Christ. How to continue to be filled with the spirit. Beloved, there is a contest going on. Be alert to it between light and darkness, between the spirit and the flesh. I perhaps would like to convey this to you, and it comes out of Romans 7 and Romans 8. Christ has broken the dominion of sin, where sin controls us. We are slaves to sin. You find in your bodies another law at work, another principle at work. With your mind you want to serve Christ, but with your body you do something else. But Christ has broken the dominion of sin, but the battle with sin continues. So this is the already not yet, but God is doing his work and he's forming us for glory. So he's shaping us, you see. He's the potter making the clay. So we have to wrestle with the world, the flesh, and the devil. And uh, the battle with sin continues. Galatians five is the key passage, right? The works of the spirit, the works of the flesh, and the fruit of the spirit. And uh, walk by the spirit. Do not gratify the desires of the flesh, right? This is what I'm talking about in terms of walking in the light, so that you continue to experience the fullness of the spirit. Beware of double-mindedness. And beware of the seductions and deceptions of Satan. So I was asked in the earlier session, if there is a spirit-filling moment in my life, and I'm filled, why do I need to continue to be filled? And the reason is because you're in warfare. Because the devil, like a lion, prowls like a roaring lion, seeking someone to devour. So I want you to know, friends, yeah, so for couples also, right, both want to serve the Lord. Both want the family to be a God-fearing and God-serving family. But tensions can emerge. And Satan seeks to devour, to destroy what God has purpose. And what God has put together and therefore we must continue to choose to walk in the light so husbands and wives yeah uh, please forgive one another please bring your marriage to the Lord uh, we, we need the I say something to you now we need the Lord to be at the center of everything including the best marriage we need uh, because the battle is intense and we can all um, maybe Go back to wanting our own rights. And then we become self-centered again. But we can't see it. And then the enemy destroys. So I want to, to share with you that uh, we want to overcome the enemy by choosing the light. And remember that sin chokes and dissipates the life of the spirit. So when you're walking in unconfessed sin, Psalm 32 is the psalm to read. Because the hand of the Lord is heavy upon you and you can't experience the nearness of God. And you're all dried up. (laughs) Definitely no fruitfulness and so forth. Distracted and perhaps feeling condemned as well. But God comes. Be not like a horse or a mule and God will restore and instruct. So when we do yield to sin, so I need you to know, right, the spirit-filled life, we choose to be blameless. That's the desire, you see, because the spirit gives us this real, what shall I say, hunger. no want oh to please God. But because we are on this side of eternity, we can fluctuate. And when we give in to sin, we feel terrible. And David, it took him a while, you know, he, yeah, he thought he could get away with it, but nothing, God sent nothing and then he said, against thee, thee only have I sinned. I can fool the world, you know, but I can't fool God. And God restores him and that's why we read from Psalm 51, create in me a clean heart, take not your Holy Spirit from me, so we return to the Lord. My dear friends, really, I just thank God uh, that I can have this time with my family, if I may, in a special sense. Uh, The whole diocese became my family by God's appointment. But because I came from you, I want to now pass you something which uh, is fresh, and I pray will, will help you to integrate this life in the spirit. The church fathers called it the sober, Intoxication of the Spirit. Intoxication is like you're feeling very high, right? You're feeling <laughs> effervescent and joyful or overflowing, yeah? And many people associated with drunkenness. So, the sober intoxication of the Spirit. And it happened on the day of Pentecost. So, with your Bible, if you just turn for all, it's on the screen, I think, Acts uh, chapter. Uh, verse fifteen. There you have it. For these people, so you know they they were filled. The Holy Spirit came upon them. Uh, tongues of flame dispersed, and they were so filled with the joy and certainty. And God has done the greatest thing in Jesus Christ, and it must be told. Doesn't matter if they throw us in jail, whatever. We're just going to just sing God's praises and tell people what He has done. And the crowd says, "Yeah." And how come they're speaking to us in our own languages, telling us of the mighty works of God, right? The mighty works of God. And that's what they're declaring. This is the praise, you see. And that's why I was saying to you, when you're filled with the Spirit, it's not uncommon that you're bursting with praise. And when you're bursting with praise, you go beyond your mind, and you're praising Him in tongues that you don't know. But in the Spirit, you know you are thanking Him and adoring Him. And that's what's happening. And then they say, hey, what's this? And the, and the, obs- the, uh, the crowd that had gathered said, these pe- uh, they think that these people are drunk. Uh, and then Peter has to correct them. So what do the people say? So all were amazed and perplexed, saying to one another, what does this mean? Or oh, suddenly this group of disciples bursting on the streets, praising God, what does this mean? But others mocking said, They are filled with new wine. So some say, oh, maybe they're drunk. And then Peter says, they're not drunk. It's only 9 o'clock in the morning. They're not drunk. This is only the third hour of the day. And then he goes on to say, this is the fulfillment of the prophecy in Joel. Because when the new covenant is established, when Christ has finished his work, the spirit is poured out. Amen. So, I want to combine joyfulness, enthusiasm for God with moral beauty. All saints, yeah. I share this with you because it's fresh on my heart. This is life in the spirit. There's enthusiasm, there's the supernatural, the miracles, the power of God. And then there is moral beauty, and the church fathers caught it. And they called it the sober intoxication. Normally when you're intoxicated, you are callous and you, well, you break rules and you can damage people because you're drunk. But this is a different drunkenness, sober. It causes you to live in holiness. There's a winsomeness. So Cyril of Jerusalem Around 348 AD writes, what Peter is saying is they are not drunk in the way you may think. They are indeed drunk, but with the sober intoxication which kills sin. It's a sober intoxication which kills sin, our lust, you see. It kills and gives life to the heart, and which is the opposite of physical drunkenness. And there you have the reference to the book, Cantela Mesa, Sober Intoxication of the Spirit. I pray some of you will read it. So 4.3, I conclude. We therefore seek to complement our enthusiasm for God by developing moral qualities that the Spirit inspires and forms within us. So, perhaps many of you have heard of the charismatic renewal. We thank God for the wind of the Spirit that brought us back into the reality of the supernatural power of God and the power of Christ's love. I believe the Spirit is taking us deeper, friends. We are going to experience the supernatural presence of God coupled with the holiness, the the different life that wins others. Uh, yeah, the world, you know, it's, there's so much marketing going on, right, in the world. So people are marketing their products and their services and all. Um, God establishes the springs of life to which people come by this kind of authentic, spirit-filled living. Reality of God, love of God, power of God, and the moral quality. So among these qualities, we pay special attention. Uh, They're listed, I may uh, touch upon them tomorrow when we do uh, the Radiant Community, but let me highlight three qualities, humility, there is so much of showmanship in the world and there is so much of ego in the world. And we also can get carried away <laughs> when we have spirit-filled power. And we cannot be subject to one another. So I want to encourage this quality. Then there is love which is self-sacrifice, a self-sacrificing love in the service of others. So uh, as you are filled with the spirit you want to choose I'm not going to live for myself. It's a choice you see life is mm, is full of choices and the choices are every day. I choose mm. to love others. I pray that the pastors and cell leaders will set the example because we live in a day where everyone can justify their need. In Nepal, I was so challenged. Us, the pastors, in the middle of the double earthquake, 2015, you don't know when the next tremor is and whether your own house is going to collapse. But can I rejoice with you? Many of our pastors, we now have over 90 congregations in Nepal, No, praise God. But the pastors committed their families to God explain to their wives, they have to go out to look after the flock, because the flock is scattered. So they went, you know, in the middle of the night, because they knew that their flock would be affected by the earthquake. One pastor died because he was the last one to leave his church in the mountain village, and it collapsed. They built without footing even, you know. But God is God. So that really helped me because in Singapore, you know from driving, right, if you're a driver, everybody wants that, right? If I'm in the lane first, you don't potong me. Even though you were caught in the wrong lane, you know, everyone assumes huh, you're, a, <laughs> you're, you're a cheat. Nah. But sometimes you really make a mistake in <laughs> Singapore, it's very hard because we're very trained, you see. Our rights, our rights, you know. But uh, this life is different. The moral quality is different. So I was very touched when one of our church members told me that the son, while preparing for exams, received the phone call or the WhatsApp from his classmate who needed help. So you, you have your own revision to do. But you stop to help. Because what is life? A grade <laughs> is like a splash on the pavement. Your nameplate behind your office door also. <laughs> we are, in the spirit, we are building eternity's values. Uh, we have set our heart not on worldly prizes. But on eternity's goals, so uh, the sacrifice, and then thirdly, purity of life. So I want you know, from time to time, we hear of uh, Christian leaders, and they have a tremendous ministry. But from time to time, we get news. That maybe so, I don't make conclusions without having all the evidence. It's a very, very complex world. But you know you get disheartened, right? When someone whose ministry you found, wow, so powerful and all, and then find that there may have been another side to his life where he lacked in moral integrity, he or she. So I want to talk about purity of life for a moment, my friends. Because the Holy Spirit is calling his disciples today to live a life of personal holiness especially in the area of sex. We need, I'm going to quote from Cantalamessa. we need to demonstrate that Jesus is Lord of our lives even in this intimate and generally hidden area. A pastor described it this way. The battle occurs every day and victory is difficult. To choose with integrity in your sexual behavior. We're bombarded uh, sensually all the time and our minds can get corrupt. So we must have this gift from God. And we must have, by God's grace, you know, to choose moral purity. So here we are, we make the choice, but it's also a charism. A charism is a gift from God. You desire to live pure before God, and God gives you the gift to stay with the faithfulness to your marriage and to your status. So if you are single, then you will live with integrity as a single person so that's what Titus 2 3-6 to uh, calls us to and I, I read it for us Titus chapter 2 the kind of life so we walk in the light in order that we might continue to be filled right beware of the shadows that come our way so Titus chapter 2 verses 3 to six. Older women uh, likewise are to be reverent in behavior, not slanderous or slaves to much wine. They are to teach what is good. And so train the young women to love their husbands. It's all very basic, right? But this is spiritful living, you see. You're living in the light. Young women to love their husbands and children, to be self-controlled, pure, working at home, kind and submissive to their own husbands, that the word of God may not be reviled. Likewise, urge the younger men to be self-controlled. This is the winsomeness and the power that the world will catch, that we're not just a person with programs, but we're living in a very different way, in this world. In 4.4, I thought I should add this, you see, because sometimes we think that the spirit-filled life means you're on a different platform, no no, no fear, no trouble. You're zooming, la. you're zooming. <laughs> but it's not true because there's persecution, there's hardship. So I end in 4.4, a spirit-filled life will lead us in the way of the cross and the way of the cross is you face the hostility from the world we are prepared like jesus for suffering in a world that is fallen and where there is hostility to christianity in many quarters so here we are in all saints and for us mm, hostility is not so serious We may be discriminated, we may be slandered, and so forth, avoided, ostracized. But the hostility in many parts of the world is far worse. And Christians, yeah, they lose their lives. And families, so in Nigeria, in Jaws, because of radical Islam. Careful, eh? so I'm not painting Islam in a broad stroke. There's a wing of Islam that is very hostile and violent. And our Christian brothers and sisters are being attacked almost on a daily basis. And, uh, but they are spirit-filled. So their bishop, a very good friend of mine, Benjamin Kwashi, he told them, we follow the Lord. We do not retaliate. I want you to know every instinct is them is to also. They do use sticks and other means to protect, but they don't use firearms. So it needs wisdom, right? How can I be spirit filled? How can I love my enemies when they are attacking my loved ones? So I don't want to. Yeah, I don't want to pontificate, you know. I just want to enter in and say, Lord, help us. Help us, the spirit-filled life, to be robust. We follow Jesus all the way, even when it costs us our life. And how to train a Singapore church, which has its degree of affluence, security. But that's the calling, right? We are salt and light and different calling people to the kingdom. So, that's where Where we we are, and we face this hostility because by the Spirit, I give you Romans 8 and verse 25. So, you know, as I'm speaking to this gathering here, some of us may be going through really hardship. Hardship because the world is fallen, there's illness, the income earner has lost his job, and the the subsidies are not yet coming, and there's so much of suffering. But there's also suffering because of human wickedness. And you find it's a tough, tough battle, and you are receiving hostility. But here's Romans chapter 8 and verse 18, if I may. For I consider that the sufferings of this present time are not worth comparing with the glory that is to be revealed to us." So, by the Spirit, and because we want to be filled with the Spirit, we do not live by sight, we live by faith, we believe that the sufferings of this present time are not worth comparing with the weight of glory to be revealed. May it be so. I do have a line or two to wrap up and then lead into this time of worship and waiting on the Lord. But I think I do well to pause and to have the question and answer.